Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. But I'm so excited this morning to be able to invite Jeremy up this morning to preach the word to us. Not only is he a great worship leader, but he has the word of God, word of God in him, and he's going to share it with us this morning. So Jeremy, wherever you are, there you are. Come and God bless you, son. Proud of you. How's everybody doing? Good. You're supposed to say this when I say, how are you doing? You're supposed to say, I'm blessed with the best, no stressed. Highly favored. Just, <laughs> you're not supposed to. Here's, <laughs> it's just, I guess, what we're doing now. That's, that, that's our thing. That's what we're doing. That's our thing now. <laughs> Let's try it again. So, uh, how are you doing? Bad? That, was, that wasn't too bad. That was okay. So, fan yourself as you, as you say. I know it's a little warm in here. So maybe that'll help you cool down. And then say it a little louder. So how are you doing? Me too. And my coffee's highly flavored. So that was cheesy. So I'm sorry. All right. Um, it's been a good, been a good week. I mean, I've had a good week. Yeah, through it all, <laughs> through it all, and there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there, um, a lot of distractions, a lot of things that would try to get your mind off of Christ and, and off of the kingdom of God. Um, you know, the, there's a verse that says, you know, uh, uh, the, the violent men, uh, was it, uh, the kingdom of God suffer violence, but violent men take it by force. And so, like, we, there are times where the kingdom of God will suffer violence, but now it's, we get to press in harder a little more, and we'll see that overtaken by the force of God. It's not by our will. It's not by our, just what we can do, but we're going to see, I believe we're, I believe we're going to come into a time where we're going to start to see unity across the church like we've never seen before. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm speaking over our church, over the church as a whole, that we'll begin to come together as one body of Christ. And the world is, you know, this is not a surprise. How many have ever read the Bible? If you've read the Bible, this shouldn't be a surprise to you that, that there are wars and there are rumors of wars and there are famines and that there are, there's, and there's uh, all these things happening, nations rising up against nation. You see people groups rising up against another people group and then and all this kind of stuff. But in the kingdom of God, we can have peace. We can have peace no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstance is. We can rest in the peace of God. Sometimes, and, and this week has just felt like a storm, right? It's just like whoosh, whoosh, and you're just like, ah. What did Jesus do in a storm? He took a nap. You know, we get to the part where he spoke to the storm, but that was only after his disciples begged him to speak to the storm. Up until then, he was taking a nap. He was resting in the presence of God. He was resting. He knew his destination was to get to the other side of that sea. He knew it. So, in, so he was already confident 
He had a confident expectation of what was coming, which was not to die in this storm. And to not be sidetracked by whatever storm is in your life. You can't get sidetracked every time a storm comes up in your life. If you are resting in the will and the presence of God, you won't get sidetracked. It doesn't matter what's that. The boat's rocking. Oh what's, oh, what's going on? What's going on? But you can be in there just resting in God. Jesus took a nap in the storm. But then his disciples were worried. So they got Jesus up. And then what does he do? Peace, be still. And, and it was peace. So you can rest in the presence of God, but you can also speak to every storm that comes in your life. So in the name of Jesus, we speak to this storm of social injustice, social unrest, and we just say, peace, be still. Do you, do you believe that? Do you agree with that? We say, peace, be still to the storm, because I believe God is greater. God is greater. At the same time, I believe that we have, as a church, we have to be, we have to hear the cry of those of the, if you, feel, if you feel oppressed, if you feel like there's an injustice, we should be the ones that stand up to speak for those who maybe don't have a voice. We need to be one, the ones who speak. The church needs to be the ones who speak up. And so I encourage you, this is a time, I think, to speak up. A time to speak up for justice, but also unity. Because there's kind of this, like, if you're for this, you're against this kind of mindset right now. But I want to say this, that God is for us. So who can be against us? And it doesn't matter what, where you come from. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your skin color. Any of those things, God is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. If God is for you, then who can be against you? It asks the question, who? I mean, a lot of people may be against you. You may feel like there's a lot of people coming against you. But if Christ is your source, you can have a rest. You can rest in him. I wanted to just read a couple of scriptures because this is not my message, but this is just my encouragement to you. How many want some good news? You've heard bad news all week. But I want to speak some good news to you this morning. And it's not my own voice. It's not my own uh, letter that I wrote. Psalm chapter 3 verse 3 excuse me it says this but you are a shield around me O Lord you bestow glory on me and lift up my head to the Lord I cry aloud and he answers me from his holy hill Let's just pray. Father, I just ask that every word that I speak, um, that if it's of you, it would penetrate hearts. If it's not, just let it fall to the ground, Lord. Anything that's, that's not of you, Lord. If it's just my own voice or my own speaking, Lord, just my own thoughts, Lord, let it be your thoughts this morning. And I just pray, Father, that the word that you've put in my heart, Lord, I just thank you that it will not return void. I thank you that you've anointed me to preach the good news. And I thank you, Lord, that we can receive it, Lord, with open hearts and open ears. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. First good news, but you are a shield about me, O Lord. You bestow glory on me and lift up my head. Here's the word that the Lord, I, I believe the Lord wants to speak to you this morning. He's the lifter of your head. He's the lifter of your head. He wants to lift your head up. 
I see there's just there's too many Christians walking around with their head down. Either you're walking around in shame. Now here's in this in this class that we've been learning. Uh, uh, we've been learning the difference on Saturday mornings. This past Saturday, we learned the difference between guilt and shame. And guilt is like this: when when you feel guilty about something, it's kind of like you're in a football game and you step out of bounds, and you're like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm, you know, I messed that up." Okay, let's try this again. All right. There's always like a a, a redemptive quality in, in with when it comes to guilt about things because there's always a second chance, and the grace of God is there. All right. The grace of God it covers us, and the in, in Proverbs, oh thanks. In Proverbs, it says that uh, though a righteous man falls seven times, he, does anybody know this? He what? Though he falls seven times, he gets back up. Every time he gets back up. And so guilt can just kind of correct us. It brings correction in our life. And so like it's, you're in a football game and you, you step out of bounds or you make a bad pass. It's like you might feel, that's, you feel guilty and there's correction for that. But shame... You start to take it on yourself and you're, oh, what's wrong with me? Why can't, why do I keep, step, what's wrong with me that every time I take a step, I'm out of bounds? What's wrong with me every time I pass the ball, it's, it's to the wrong person or it's intercepted? What's wrong with me? You see the difference? It's how you view first Christ and then yourself too. Because there, if you view yourself as just like, oh, I'm just this nobody, I'm this nothing, I'm just, I'm, I, then you're walking in shame. You have to know who you are in Christ because the enemy will gladly tell you otherwise. If you do not know that you are rich in Christ, the enemy will gladly tell you that you are poor. If you do not know that you have the wisdom of Christ, then the enemy will gladly tell you that you're just an idiot. You're just a fool. And you'll fall for that lie every time. If you don't know that you are a son and a daughter in Christ then you will fall for the lie that you are a slave. If you do not realize who you are in Christ, you have to know who you are in Christ. This is so important. He wants to lift your head this morning. He wants to lift it up. Stop, stop walking like this. Stop walking around. Just start walking like this. Have your eyes fixed on Christ, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. He started it and he'll finish it. You started this walk by faith. And we're going to end it by faith. Amen? Amen? So that's the first word. Good news this morning that he's the lifter of your head. Does that speak to you? Yes. Speak to Blake. All right. It spoke to Blake. That's good. All right. All right. <clears throat> the, other, the other is a passage. I'll just, I have it right here. Let's go to this. I'm not going to read you a scripture. I'm going to read you a passage now. <laughs> so, <clears throat> don't get worried. I'm going to keep this as short as I can. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. This is a good news letter from the Apostle Paul to, to everyone here. Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let's kind of pause and think about that. All right? Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He has already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Everyone, it's yours. It's yours. Some of you are starting to get it. Let me read it again. Praise be to God the Father. So we're giving him praise for something he's already done. When you are praising God, it's not that you're, we aren't asking God to, we're not begging him. We're not praising, oh God, if I praise you a little louder, will you please just answer my cry? Please hear my cry. Please, 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 please. He's already heard it. He's already heard your cry. You don't have to beg anymore. You don't have to ask constantly, even though it tells us to, to, you know, to bring our prayers before him with, we bring prayers and petitions and that's, that's good. But if you don't have a confident expectation that what you've already asked has already been given, then you will miss it. It's already in the mail. The money's already there in the bank account. If you learn how to write the check and go to the bank and cash the check, you have to grow up. We have to become mature in Christ. We can't stay infants any longer. We can't just be little kids. Even though we, we come to him with a childlike faith, you don't stay children in Christ. He wants you to be full-grown adults in him. Full-grown. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He already chose you. You think you chose him? Surprise, he already knew. He knew you were coming to him. He was already prepared for you. He was already waiting. He was like the, he's like that, the story of the prodigal son, like on the way home. He's just thinking like, oh, if I could just get home. If he'll just let me be a slave, just let me be a servant in his household. Because he, he just, he took, here's what happened, if you don't know the story of the prodigal son is what, what is known as. <clears throat> this kid basically goes to his dad. He says, dad, I'd like, I would like to have all my inheritance early. What do you mean? I want to get everything that you, when you die, you're supposed to give me some money, but like, if I can just get it now, that'd be great. And the the dad's like, well, all right. And he writes him a check and he goes, and he says he goes off and he spends it. He blows it all on wild living. He just, he empties the bank account he just totally goes through all of his inheritance until he's at the point where he is now, he's feeding pigs to try to pay rent or do something. He, he can't even afford rent. He's basically living there, with, living with pigs, feeding pigs because he squandered everything he had. And then as he's feeding these pigs, he's just like, he's like, man, even what these pigs are eating is starting to look good. I know things are bad when the stuff that the pigs are eating is starting to look good to me. Maybe some of you have found yourself in that situation. You never thought in a million years you might be in a situation where the stuff that you're into is now appetizing to you when before maybe it was just like, oh, there's no way in a million years I'd do that. But then you find yourself in a situation where you're doing things where you're like, I would never in a million years want to do this, but now it's actually looking appetizing to me. And so... He blows it, he squanders it, he's just at the bottom, the very bottom. And it says that on his, he's like, he gets an idea, maybe if I go home, 
My dad will let me be a servant in his household. He's already a son. He was already given an inheritance. But now he views himself as a slave, as a servant. No better than a servant, really. He feels that he's like, here's a servant and he's, he's down here. I'm unworthy. My head's down. Oh God, if only you would take me back. If only you would just please, God, give me, please, Lord, bless me. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. And how many Christians do we know like this? It's become the, it's like a, it's like a fad or something. It's like the trend where it's like, where we'd have to just walk around and just look and, and listen. It's like God wants you to know who you are. This kid, as, as messed up as it was, was still a son in the house. So on his way home, it said that he's on his way home, just in his mind thinking, like, if I can just become a servant in my father's household, it's like, maybe he'll take me back. It's like, it says, from afar, his father sees him coming from afar. He recognizes him. And it says that he sees him, and he's like, like, oh my God, that's my son. That's my son. My son who's been lost for all these years. He's coming home. And he runs and meets him, meets him right there, and he embraces him. He takes off his robe, he puts it on, he puts a ring on him, he puts shoes on his feet. He tells his servants, kill the fatted calf, the one we've been saving. Yeah, the one that's real expensive, kill that one. Because tonight, my son is home, who was lost, but now is found. He's here. And he threw a celebration for him. When, I want to ask you this question, when did this kid repent? When? When did he say a sinner's prayer? At what point was it? I'm not saying these things are wrong. What I'm saying is if you're counting on that for your salvation, you've counted on the wrong thing. Because the thing that makes you saved is not just a confession of faith, but it's knowing in your heart who Jesus is and knowing in your heart who you are. For he chose us and him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He already calls you holy. He already calls you blameless. He's already, he's he's not counting your sins against you. You are. You're counting your sins against you. Oh, I remember back when I did this. I remember when I, oh, I remember how bad I, remember how bad I used to be? Listen, let that not be your confession of faith. No more. No more. Your confession of faith is that Christ has set me free. Christ has made me whole. Christ has made me holy and blameless in his sight. That's who I am. It's who I am. It's who you are, not just who you're going to be, but it's who you are right now. Walk in it. Walk in it. The son, he didn't like, it's like when the father embraced the son, and he did all the stuff for him. It's like the, the son had done nothing. Nothing to deserve it. Absolutely nothing to deserve it. He didn't even say, I'm sorry. He just showed up. Having blown everything. Everything. And he just shows up. He just shows up. And in the embrace of the father, he, he realizes in that moment who he is. That was it. It was the embrace of the father. That's what so many of us need is the embrace of the Father. And I pray right now that you're beginning just to feel the embrace of the Father. The Father's heart for you. That he's calling you sons and daughters. He's not calling you slaves. He's not calling you servants. He's calling you sons and daughters. You can stay a slave. 
You can still be a slave in the father's house. You can. But he calls you son. He calls all of us sons and daughters. You can still claim to be a servant. And that's good. We're serving God. But listen, let your service be out of sonship. Get to know who your father is. He's not just a... He's, he's Lord of our life. But he's father. First and foremost, he is father to us. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. You please him. You please him. Just you being who you are in him, when you get a revelation of that, you please him. He's already pleased with you. Just you being in him pleases him. Because of who is in you. When the Father sees you, he sees who? Who? Jesus. He sees the Son in you. Sons and daughters, that's who you are. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. He lavishes his grace on us. He's constantly just bathing you in grace. You don't even know it. There's a phrase that says, you're so money, you don't even know it. And that's what many of you are. You're so money, you don't even know it. You don't know how good you've got it. You still think that you've got to beg for it. You don't have to beg. You just receive. You just take the check to the bank of Christ. The first bank of Christ. And you say, I would like this cash, please. Thank you. Put it, in my, put it in my account. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you were the, you were the son of, of uh, the father. That, that's pretty... Okay. Good deal. Wow. Do you understand that? With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. There's a time coming, and I believe it's coming, it's stirring right now, where there's going to be unity in the body of Christ. In these last times, though the darkness gets darker, the light's going to get brighter. It's getting brighter. It is. You don't know it. You haven't checked it out. But I'm telling you, that it's getting brighter. The Lord is on the move. If you've ever heard, if you've ever seen the Chronicles of Narnia, it's like Aslan's on the move. And that's exactly what's happening. He's on the move, but you just wouldn't recognize it if you aren't looking for it. I've been down to Mexico. I saw a girl. The Lord just spoke in my heart. He said, this, this woman back here, she, during the middle of praise and worship, I, I can't even understand their language. And he said, there's this woman back here, and I'm going to heal her daughter of cancer today. So I, I, was, I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? And he said, you know what to do with it. And I was supposed to speak that day. I was speaking on the power of praise. And as I got up there, you could literally tangibly feel the presence of God in this place out in the middle of a Mex the Mexican country. And I'm standing there with my interpreter who's fresh out of prison. I'm going to tell you, it's like God can use anybody. I don't care where you're from. I don't care where you've been. God can use you. I didn't ask what he did. I was afraid to ask. 
I was like, because I had to drive with them by, just by myself out in the middle of nowhere. If you know anything about Mexico, it's like there's a lot of crazy things that go down in Mexico. So you just kind of, you just kind of listen to the Lord and then keep your mouth shut as much as you can until the Lord tells you to speak and then you speak and then you be quiet again. As I'm out there, it's like I'm standing there and you can tangibly feel the presence of God. The only way I can explain it is it literally felt like I was holding on to an electrical wire on this hand and it was flowing through and it was flowing through my body like this and it just felt like electricity. I know what electricity feels like because one time I was skiing, I was, a, I was snow skiing and, I, and it was icy and I started spinning around and all of a sudden like I, I, I'm in the air and then I land in, a, in this creek bed and all of a sudden, like, I'm trying to get up, and I'm, I'm wet. I'm soaking wet because there's a creek, and it's freezing cold. And all of a sudden, like, I felt like electricity. And I was, there was an electric fence in this creek bed. I'm like, where did this come from? And why is this here? I know what electricity felt like. But that day, I could tell you, this is what the tangible presence of God felt like in this moment. And, I don't, and I'm not telling you that that's just what the presence of God feels like. It's just what it felt like in that moment. Because he's always doing something new. And if, you're, and I, if I'm waiting around God, I, I, still, I can't feel the electricity of God. Where are you at, Lord? It's like, then I've missed it. I missed the point. He let me feel that to just kind of just give me a jolt to let me know, yeah, this is real. So get serious. And so I stood there and I looked at my interpreter and I said, the, I, I'm just like, Phew. and I look at him and I'm like, and he just looks at me. He goes, the presence of God is so heavy right now. I said, I know, I know. It literally felt like a blanket on us. And so I just like, I said, we have to do something. He said, okay. I said, get that woman in the back and bring her up here. And so this woman comes forward. And so I, in my head, I'm like, okay, what do I do? And the Lord told me, he said, just, just ask these questions. Okay, first of all, I asked her, I said, I said, do you have a daughter? And she said, see, see. And I'm thinking, okay, that's good. That's check one. She has a daughter. Okay, you got that right, Lord. Okay, that's, that's good. I'm like, all right, is your daughter here? See, see, see. Actually, I asked the next question. was like, does, do your, does your daughter have cancer? And she goes, she just starts weeping. See, see, see. And I was like, is your daughter here? See, see. By this time, I'm weeping. Okay, bring her forward. This little girl comes forward, and it's like, and it's not a Benny Hinn moment. It's just like a simple, just, I just laid my hands on her, and she looked confused. Probably the way I looked. And I just said, I just laid my hands on her, because I was expecting, you know, uh, I think I've told this story before, but I was expecting just something, you know, I just felt like I was grabbing on electricity. It's like, I thought she might feel it too. You know, kind of at least jolt or j- something, but she didn't do anything. She's just like standing there, just, and I just laid hands on her, and I prayed for her. And I said, in the name of Jesus, cancer be gone, be healed in the name of Jesus. And that was it. And I get on to my message. But before I could, and then at the end of my message, it's like, there's a whole line of people that want to that work for the Lord. It's like, well, it's like, I don't know. It's like, this is what the Lord told me about her. It's like, she didn't tell me, he doesn't really say anything about you. So. <clears throat> but I remember leaving that place in my head thinking, I was like, God, if you didn't come through, if she's not healed, I promise you I will never come back here again. It's because if I were them, being out in the middle of the country like this is, I would stone me if I came back. I'd find a way to get rid of this gringo real quick. And so that's what I felt in my heart. And I was just like going away like, oh God, like questioning everything. And it was about a year or two later, it's like I get a call from Elaine Wilburn. She's been here before. And she, and she says, uh, she's going over the itinerary for that, for the next time I was coming down. She's like, hey, we're going to, 
uh, we're going to be going out to this one place here, and you're going to speak there. And then another time, you're going to go over here, uh, and um, and it's like an old uh, bullfighting ring. And you're going to fight. You're going to uh, you're going to teach on. Um, you're going to do this. Uh, healing evangelism campaign. Okay, and then we're going to go over to here. And I'm just like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I was like, what'd you say? She said, yeah, it's an old bull, bullfighting pin. No, 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 not that. The, the healing evangelist. What does that mean? She said, well, what's it sound like? It sounds like we're going to go there and preach on healing and evangelism. She's like, that's right. Why do you want me to do that? Why, what, why are you asking me to do that? I mean, I could play music or something, but why do you want me to do that? And she says, she said, you didn't know? I was like, I didn't know what? She said, that girl you prayed for, she's totally healed of cancer. She said, down these parts, you're known as like a healing evangelist. <laughs> if you know me, that's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. In him we were also chosen, verse 11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, say when you were believed. believed. Say it again. When you believed, you you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is who you are. And this is the good news. This is the good news. It's who you are. You don't have to ask him to do it because he's already done it. I'm not asking Jesus to die for my sins because he already did it. I'm just walking in what he's already accomplished. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Do you know what more than a conqueror is? How many know Evander Holyfield? When Evander Holyfield got out there and he won the championship fight, this is back in the day, he won, and they came and they presented a check to him. He had fought, and he's got a black eye, and he's got, I mean, you know, later on he had his, have his ear bitten off, but we know that story. But they bring him a check. They present to him the title belt, and they hand him a check. And upon receiving that check, he hands that to his wife. She did nothing. She did not fight. But she gets to take that check home and put it in the bank. And she gets to live off of that check. She's more than a conqueror. That's who you are. Jesus fought the fight that you might be trying to fight today. He's already fought it. And he already took the check and he's already put it in your account. It's already there. You don't have to ask for it. What do you mean I don't have to ask for it? I've been taught my whole life I got to come and I got to beg. Every week I got to, oh God, please, please, please. Please, 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 please. And he's like, what? 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 What do you want? What? Please save me. Seriously? What do you think I did? It was the hour you first believed that you received amazing grace. The hour you first believed. 
Verse 15, for this reason, ever since you heard, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. God, let, that's our prayer this morning. Give us the spirit of revelation so we may know you better. Because that is where we need to be. We need to know him better. It's not that you need to read your Bible more or you need to pray more. You just need to know him more. Those things can help you get to know him better. But if you're just doing that out of just an obligation, it's like if I were to tell my wife, if I were to write a letter to her because she said, unless you write me this letter, unless you read my letters, then I'm not going to love you anymore. Now, as ridiculous as that sounds, that's how we, that's how we kind of look at God. Oh, I'm so sorry I didn't read my Bible this week. God, do you still love me? Am I still saved? Oh, Lord, I, you know what I did. Lord, am I okay? Are we okay? We shouldn't have to ask that question every week. We should know that he has made us right with him. We should know who we are in him, through him. It's in him, through him that we have our being. That's who we are. And yes, we are becoming more and more like him as we conform our mind to the image of Christ. But your spirit, man, is perfect in Jesus Christ. Your spirit is already perfect. You can't make your spirit any better. It's already done. He did it. That's the thing that is a new creation. The moment you first believed, you were automatically sealed. The Holy Spirit already... Everything else is a gift. Everything else you want is just a gift. And how do you get a gift? He says simply just ask for it. Lord, I want to speak in tongues. Okay, ask for it. Well, I'm not doing it. Well, you got it, so just do it. When you went to the shoe store, you didn't ask, uh, these shoes. Now, do the tongues come with these shoes? <laughs> Nobody asked that. I'm confused. Uh, now, I buy these shoes. That's guaranteeing the tongues. They come with it, right? If I lace these up, you know, the tongues are going to be there, correct? Nobody says that. So why do we come to him? Oh, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Where are the tongues? If you want to pray in tongues, then pray in tongues because you've got to do it out of faith. Amen. How's a baby talk? Out of faith. Amen. The baby's... <laughs> and that's how many of you... And speaking, if you want to speak in tongues, then speak in tongues. That's, that's really about, and, and I'm going to tell you, it's like I'm not trying to belittle it because it's important in your life. But if you make a big deal about it, it's like, it's like getting onto a baby because they aren't speaking yet. Many of us mature at different levels. So just become mature in Christ. As he tells you to do something, as the Lord says, you'll hear it, just listen. Sometimes we just don't hear God because we aren't listening. We're just, dad, 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 d
And that's us. And he's like, what? What? Just tell me. Just stop saying, you can say my name. That's okay. But like, I'm listening. And I've been trying to talk to you for the past hour. But you just keep saying, dad, 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 dad. Please, 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 please. You have to know who you are in him. Is this speaking to you? Good. 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the glorious, the the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. You have no idea the kind of power that you have have in Jesus Christ. I don't think that we really understand just how powerful, how much power there is. And we're, it's, like we're, it's like we're holding a plug and we just got to plug in. You know, it's like, it's, we're just like, there's the outlet, but we're just, like, we're just afraid to sometimes plug in. But I want to tell you, it's like, oh, you got to just plug in to him. Just plug in. Just get to know him on a daily basis. Just Don't just read his word, but meditate on the word of God. I would rather that you just, that every day you just find a verse and just meditate on that verse all day long. One verse. You know, then you to try to like, just get through the Bible just to say you did it. Now, if you're doing it because that's what the Lord's leading you to do, then by all means. But if you're just doing it just to do it, then it's like, it's not really, it's not helping you. And I want to help you this morning. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So all power... All authority has already been given to Jesus Christ. Not only in this age, right now, it doesn't matter who claims to have the power. Jesus has the power. And we are connected to him. He's our lifeline. He has the power. 22, and God placed all things, everybody say all things, under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. He fills everything in every way. Everything you need. You've already got it. Everything you desire, it's already there. He's already done it. And it's okay to ask. But if you don't ask out of faith, as if to ask as if you've already received it, then it's not going to do you a lot of good. Because if you're asking, James says, him who asks God and he doesn't believe in his heart, it's like, that's just not going to work. It's like, because if you're trying to do that, it's just, you're, you're coming to him out of doubt. And the... The true fear of God is a reverence for God. 
it's not a, it's not a fear of impending doom. It's a, it's a reverence for him. Do you understand that? Because maybe you were taught the, the other side of fear. Maybe you were taught that fear meant that, oh, you know, dad's going to hurt me. Maybe that's what you know about fear. See, there's two kinds of fear. There's a fear that the enemy will try to invoke on and put in your life. And you can see that saturated in all the movies, all the media. I'm going to tell you this, and here's something that you need to know. It says of Satan, it says that on, there's going to be a day coming when it says they're going to, they're going to drag, they're going to bring Satan through as if to be on parade. And this is in, in Christ is already, I mean, he's already, everything's already been done. And, and all of us are going to be in shock because they're going to be like, this is Satan. This is the guy. This is the one who, who caused all this, who wreaked all this havoc, who did all these things. This is who it is. We're going to be absolutely shocked. Shocked by how, how small, how small he really is. If you've been watching movies that portray Satan as this, this great, great thing, this scary, demonstrative thing, this, this thing, it's in the church too. It's like we do it. It's like we, make, we puff Satan up and that's all he is. He's puffed up. And it's like, does he have the ability to, to do stuff in the earth? It's like really only what we allow him to as believers. But you have authority over Satan, not because of you, but because of Christ. Because I don't care how big Satan projects himself. He can project himself as big as he wants to on movie screens, through your television, through your imagination. We can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That sim- the obedience of Christ is to say, like, I know, Jesus, that you are in control. I know that you are way bigger. I know that you're way more powerful than anything that the enemy has. Anything. Anything. So whatever you feel the enemy is throwing at you right now, you need to understand that you have authority over the enemy. Through Jesus Christ, you have authority. So the name of Jesus, you invoke that, Satan has to flee. If you resist the devil, he will flee. That's not even the word that I was going to give today. (laughs) But I'm going to save it for another time. Uh, I just want to pray for everybody because I feel like just these words, I think you just need to hear some good news this week. I think everything has been saturated with all kinds of bad news. And I want you to know that, that God is in, in control even if it looks otherwise. God is in control. God didn't make these things happen. Stuff, stuff is happening because it's the end times. Stuff is happening. Worst things are are there and it's like and I just want you to know that he's the lifter of your head I want you to know that he has full authority full dominion that God is sovereign meaning that he's in control he is the he is the supreme being the supreme okay him and the devil are not working in, hand in hand that's a lie Satan has been defeated he's got a disorganized army but we are of the kingdom of God. We are sons and daughters.
through Jesus Christ. That's who you are. That's who I am. Do you believe that? In the hour you first believe, that's it. That's it. It's about belief. Faith is just about belief. I believe who he says I am. And I can walk in that authority. I remember, all right, so just recently, past couple years, I was, uh, I was asked by some friends to uh, oversee their properties here in Salisbury, North Carolina. And they made me power of attorney. You know what a power of attorney is? It's like basically like you can, you kind of run their, I mean, you can write checks on their behalf. You can, I mean, you're basically representing them in all things. And, and so they put me over their houses. And so it was, it was about five houses in the Fulton Heights area. And I was uh, just, you know, kind of, to be honest with you, that's kind of winging it. I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, I did for a couple years and, um, it was interesting just to have the ability to write my own checks because they're in California and I'm writing a check on their behalf and I'm signing it and then I'm cashing it. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of responsibility, but also just a lot of like trust, right? You know? And so, I mean, I was thankful for the opportunity and but I remember like going to the bank and like just, you know, having written this check to myself and then and then I signed it by myself, and, you know, and it's like, but on the top of the check, it's got uh, the name of the people who owned the, the account. You know, it's got the, uh, the, uh, the Gwens, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's their checks, but I'm writing it on their behalf, and I'm signing it on my behalf, and I'm taking it to the bank, and I'm cashing it. Do you see where I'm going with this? So you have the same thing. He's, you, in essence, have been given power of attorney. That's what you have. You have power of attorney where you can go, you can write a check, and you can take to the bank, and you can cash it. And I'm just telling you, it's like it's just a matter of, of times that the, it, it's already there. It's already accredited into your account. <clears throat> Abraham, it said that he believed God, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Now, what did he do that got him to be accredited. He believed. So when it comes to the things of God, you must believe when you ask. And it's that simple. That's where the childlike faith comes into play. Of He said it, I believe it, I receive it. If you receive that this morning, just bow your head. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.